and we're back with another riveting episode of Podcat Podcast, the premier podcast of the Podcat Podcast Network. I am your host, Samuel Brady, and with me today, as always... Lies! Oh, God. You're lying. That's not who you are. That's right. I'm Veronica. Hi, I'm Sam. And uh, this is Podcat Podcast, the premier podcast podcast of the Podcat Podcast Network. Mm Mm-hmm. No longer sponsored by Halliburton. <laughs> no, no. That's right. And Veronica, we are in full-on early 2000s revival mode because we have seen not only Spider-Man No Way Home, but Matrix Resurrections recently. <laughs> back-to-back been, movie days. Back-to-back movie days that are full of nostalgia for early 2000s movies, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sam, I'm going to pause our recording. Thank you, Sam, for going and getting my teacup from the living room. You're quite welcome, Veronica. Yeah, so we saw Spider-Man No Way Home. We did. Did you enjoy it? Oh, I loved it. It was so much so much good. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Should we give spoiler warnings for those movies? Yes. For this episode? There are going to be spoilers throughout. So if you are interested in watching those movies, and you should be if you have a pulse. Yeah. And if you were born in the late 80s. Early 90s. Early 90s. Early 80s, late 70s, (laughs) then, yeah, click pause, go buy movie tickets. Thank you so much for subscribing. Give us five stars. Yeah, five stars on wherever. Uh Uh-huh. And also, we have to thank our new sponsor. Um, You know, we've recently dropped- On the I was going to say on the clock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Okay. well, that was our joke. Well, Well, shit. Yeah, we enjoyed them. They're so please, thank you so much for listening. But listen once you've seen those two movies. Yeah. Or if you don't care. Or if you don't care. Some people don't watch Spider-Mans. Yeah, some people don't give a shit. So, okay, here it goes. I was so, you know, y'all know I don't watch trailers. You don't? I don't watch spoilery trailers. No. Now, I will watch, like, trailers in the movie theaters because those tend to not be very spoilery. But for certain, you know, like for Star Wars and stuff, I will close my eyes and like, you know, kind of hum in my head so I don't hear those. Veronica lives a life of rules for herself and mm-hmm. she adheres to her code. Yeah, it's and true. And her code is don't, don't fucking come for her with trailers. She doesn't mm-hmm. want, she doesn't want that noise. I can like, I can sense a spoiler coming on sometimes. Like people come up to me and they'll be like, oh my gosh, are you so excited about such and such movie? And I'm like... Yep, and they're like, are you excited about, and then they'll say an actor's name or something. But by that time, I have already tuned them out. You're good at, like, making people into white noise. I watched a lot of Charlie Brown as a kid. (laughs) 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 Yeah, and it's paid off. Yeah. Big time. For sure. Okay. Oh, yeah, I was really happy to see Tobey Maguire. Yeah! I was not at all spoiled that he was going to be in it. In fact, I thought he was not going to be in Uh it. So. It's fun that... An image of responsibility and power in this in <laughs> Tom Holland's head. It's Tobey Maguire's face, like it is for all of ours. Yeah, in kind of the same way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. I love William Defoe. Yeah. Oh my God, William Defoe was so good. Uh-huh. I can't remember the actor's name, but Doc Ock was also. Oh really yeah, fun. yeah, he was excellent. And you got to learn. You've never seen the Andrew Garfield. I've never seen Andrew Garfield. The Amazing Spider-Man's. Uh, and so you were like Jamie Foxx in Spider-Man. <laughs> I did not know. <laughs> 
I don't even think I watched the trailers for the movie. Wow. I, was so, I was doing team leads for new offices for solar installations during that whole uh, period of time. Okay. So the m- world of movies, unless they were like Star Trek movies, uh, were really dead to me at that particular moment. Oh, the cat just really scratched me. <laughs> Hi, cat. Welcome. We've got three cats on this one. No, oh. We d- oh, yeah. Three cats in this podcat. One real cat in this house. Come here. He's cold. It's cold in here. Get under my electric blanket with me, sweet baby. Okay, sorry. Sorry, y'all. Um, so it was a it little was bit of a blind spot, broken. but it was fun to see Andrew Garfield. I did enjoy him, too. Absolutely. Do we want to put ha- uh, Happy? Do we Paxton? want to put Paxton outside of sure. the studio? Please stand by. Stand by. I have returned. Omicron, brought to you by the maker of the Delta virus. <laughs> of the Delta variant, sorry. Parent company. <laughs> sorry. So we enjoyed Spider-Man. We loved Spider-Man. I thought it was so good. I like how it really returned to such a comic book Peter Parker place, where you got the, the oh. bare bones New York City apartment, yeah. which probably still costs a million billion dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where is he actually living? But it looks... He's living in New Jersey. It looks just like... Yeah. The comic book apartment, though, it's so fidelitous yeah, to it. Yeah, absolutely. Such a reboot. It was really interesting. And we finally got to see this Tom Holland experience some actual tragedy. Uh, yeah. So that was nice. Uh-huh. And got to experience some dedicated Spider-Man villains, because yeah. all his villains have been... Um, the internal struggle for privacy and belonging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And then last night, we stayed up so late to go to an 8.15 movie. To watch <laughs> to watch Matrix. Matrix. Matrix was so huge for me yeah. when I was a kid. You okay? There was a huge cat just stalking in the background, and it's not our cat. Guys, so. this one has been a catastrophe It's so been far. a catastrophe. Sorry about all the hitting pause so yeah. many times. But we don't mean to be kitten around. Uh, <laughs> let's get back to me, yeah, the Matrix yeah, yeah, Resurrections. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, where there's cat, deja vu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, it's a big part for you. You told me a lot about how, how you played the, the Matrix for you? GameCube. The GameCube game was huge. And um, I think they really canonized <laughs> the world building that the GameCube game did. Because Naomi is, um, I don't know if she's queer coded in. Matrix Reloaded, but she definitely is in the video game version of her is very queer coded, and then I think I think she's canonically queer in in this movie. How how do you get that? Because she seemed to have a, a partner that that was hinted at being romantic, and that she is like an LGBTQ individual in the game. Oh, okay. So I think like in either one of those individual, perhaps not. But considering that th- that was a part of who she was in the game. Those two things together. Two, those things together, okay. I think, a, a nod to the, her legacy in the game and the extended lore. Well, that's great. Good for good for them, good for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was decent. It was a good movie. The movie? Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had fun going to uh, it, which yeah. is what you want uh-huh. in a 20-year okay. resurrection. <laughs> Here's here's the thing about it because I, I I enjoyed quite a bit of, of it. I, I definitely really enjoyed Neo and Trinity. Their chemistry is electric. Every time oh, they're on yes. stage, it's, mm-hmm. it's a ton of fun. There's a lot of things I, I had a, a, a lot of fun with with it. But here's something I didn't complain about at all with the movie to you, and I just wanted to talk to you on pod. What do you think about the oh, the exiles? Dumb, stupid. 
Why are really we having dumb. like 1989 Batman villains? Yeah. I felt like Jack Nicholson should have like reached his head around and been like, LOL, it's circus time. Yeah. It was not good. It was so hokey. And I'm so, so sorry, but I don't, the exiles were like not a huge part of my head canon, like my lasting canon uh-huh. for that. And so I was like, I don't fucking care about them uh-huh i don't care at all yeah and that's like just not how they were portrayed for a second no, in the movie like not even it didn't feel fidelitous for one moment and some people were very different and they like some people had changed i think naomi had changed i think smith had changed and morpheus morpheus <laughs> had changed and every other change felt like there was a through line mm-hmm. between who they were and who they they are that that could ride the tracks and yeah even though they're a very different person in a very different place or a very different thing in a very different place, I could be along for the ride and be with it. But the exiles were completely fucking different. And they were like a Disney villain. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was so myth breaking. It completely destroyed the tension at a moment when you kinda needed stakes. Yeah. Because it was supposed to be at one of the biggest fights. And it was, it was really and it was bad. nonsensical. <laughs> um it reminded me so much of like uh, Stephen King's novel, The Stand, uh-huh. um, and there's a character in it called Trash, and he is just, he's a nonsensical character and does like, you know, he he's, you know, in, insane. And so um, it was interesting to kind of like, th- that's exactly what I was thinking when we were watching. I was like, oh, it kind of gives me like trash, you know, thoughts or whatever. But I don't know. It was just so hokey. Yeah. So hokey. And like, the Exiles, it's been 60 years, right? They've, yeah, they've been yeah, very yeah. clear about how long it's been between then so and now. So clear. And it, the time isn't supposed to wear on the Exiles, because the Exiles have been programs have been running forever, mm-hmm. and have like been able to weather hundreds of years of continuous programming runs. That's why they're different, and why they're, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So 60 years is not supposed to like degrade them. To Yeah. <laughs> it was really that was stupid. so silly. Okay, that was probably my least favorite part, was... Like the fight, not the fighting with the exiles, because it just was like fighting that just wasn't exactly doing it for me. But yeah. you know, whatever. But it was anytime there was like a close up, and there was so much shots devoted to it, of like the lead exile, yeah. as he's just yelling at them, and they're just sitting there taking it from him, what, not moving down the stairs, yeah, where they was, should be moving down the stairs. Yeah. He was like, "Hold on, I have to listen." To yeah, him. and I'm like, <laughs> it's like a cutscene. <laughs> Why are they listening to him? Yeah, aren't you on your way to Just save Trinity? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, Bugs is on her way to save Neo, which she should be motivated to do. Yeah. <laughs> and Neo is on his way to save Tr- Trinity. Like, everyone should be moving. No one should be giving a fuck what anyone is saying. <laughs> yeah. But I think what they were trying to do is build stakes in that, like, they couldn't take, they barely handled themselves against all these exiles, right? Right. And now they're going to, now they're, they're going to go free Trinity? Like, no, they, these are impossible stakes. You didn't have to do that. We already knew it was going to be impossible. You could have told us it was impossible yeah. Yeah. through uh, 30 seconds of dialogue. Yeah. I didn't need that. Yeah. And also, like, <laughs> all the ways to build stakes, exiles were supposed to be different than yeah. everything else. So, like, I guess they were. You fight an exile and you, it's, like, hard. It, it's going to be hard in a different way than anything else is different. Like, I, I don't feel like that that's going to make it feel like, oh, I can't do anything else because this was a challenge. Okay. Here, here's what it was with the exiles. Okay. We were watching several different versions of Final Fantasy, yeah. okay? 
And the and the exiles were from Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Oh yeah, they were or like so cartoonish. Final Fantasy Nine, where it's like the dude with a fork and a knife and a tongue. Yes. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, at least we're on the same page here. <laughs> but I really did enjoy it. I did enjoy the movie overall. It, it doesn't was sound so like good. it with that many complaints. I I really liked the all the villains. We're I really just talking Neil about Patrick that Harris one fight scene. Was really yeah. fun as the analyst. Yeah, that was very uh-huh. good. Even like the cat deja vu. Cat deja vu is interesting. Um, what else did I really enjoy about that film? Well, I just feel like it was such a good balance of nostalgia and new lore and content. I love it breaking its own thing. Yeah. Like it mirrored the pacing of the first one, but like was was so different. A lot of people compared it favorably. I saw to um, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and I kind of mm. agree, mm-hmm. where it sits on top of a giant franchise, franchise. and legacy, but it's very ambitious and tries yeah. to do something new and I, I think that that's apt one of the things that i think they did so well is they drew you into the pain that neo had right away um so the whole concept of the film is that you know he doesn't escape the matrix right like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't happen the way that he thinks it happens and, yeah um essentially he gets plugged back into the matrix and he is writing an award-winning game, which is The Matrix, the video games, right? And I loved these, you know, nerdy dudes at the table. And they're like, we got to write a new, you know, a new game. And they're like, bullet time. That's all we got to talk about, you know? And, like, all these things, which I thought was so funny because it reminded me so much of conversations that we had about The Matrix when it first came out of, like, this is unreal, un- you know, like, unlike anything we've ever seen before. It was so neat. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. Shit. Sorry. Oh, well. Just how it was meta talking about itself. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, and, and, you know, that was so interesting because you're, you're, you're watching someone as they are believing they're receiving clinical help for their own, uh, suicide survivorship, right? They think that they are doing all the things right that help them survive long-term after uh, attempting to commit suicide. And what you learn is that they are just, they're reliving this nightmare that led them to that point over and over again. It was really sad. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was interesting. But I, I thought that that was like one of the best ways that they built um, stakes was because they took a character that we that we all loved and adored. Like we're like, yeah, it's Neo. Oh, so cool. And he looks just like Cyberpunk and John Wick. What? <laughs> so sexy. Um, but they made us feel for him immediately. Yeah, which was very good. For it, sure, it was very good at like being like, oh, you remember this? Yeah, yeah. You squeeze your heart a little. <laughs> so yeah. I enjoyed it though. I thought it was a good film. Uh huh. I would encourage you to go see it. Yeah, for sure. I would encourage you to go see it in a theater, actually, um, because I've I've only you know really experienced the Matrix in theaters. Um, well, I guess I watched the Animatrix on DVD, right? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a, a fun time to go sit in a theater and eat some popcorn and enjoy a flick. Yeah, for sure. It was a it was a good time. I'll tell you what's not a good time. What? All the bros. Oh, my fucking God. So we went on opening night, which was a mistake. It was a mistake. Um, There were so many bros there that had 
I, and I don't mean this to like sound sexist or anything. Like I am a woman and I love the matrix and I don't need anybody to explain the canon of the, the matrix to me. Right. And I know I'm not alone in that. Great. Uh-huh. Um, but it was very clear that a lot of guys had brought their significant others with them. And at times during the film were like, okay, let me explain this to you. And I was like, you motherfucker. Number one, don't you dare. And also, don't come and see the fourth thing in a, in a, in a, in a franchise you don't care about. Also, you don't need anything. No. That, you could watch this as the first movie and Absolutely. have a great time. It was just fine. Yeah, if you haven't seen The Matrix, you're going to be just fine. Yeah, it's going to explain everything to you. And that is something that makes me so mad about people in general at any film. It's like, well, what's happening? What's going – I don't understand. Like, shut the fuck up and the movie will tell you. Mm -hmm, it sure. will tell you. Yeah. Ugh. Especially seeing, like, The Matrix. A part of the – the characters are confused. Yeah. If you're confused – you're with them. You're you're letting yourself have an experience. You're, you're opening. You can be open to having an experience you could otherwise not have yeah. by just going through it that way. You know, it's it's fine. Exactly. It's like riding a roller coaster. You don't need to yeah. know when the loop de loop is coming. Like that doesn't make you better at riding the roller coaster than anybody else. Like uh -huh. just experience it. That's what it's for. You're supposed to be surprised, and you know it's the movie is supposed to manipulate your emotions. That's so that's why we go and see entertainment. Okay, so here's some things we liked about this new Matrix and some things we didn't. We can say personally. For me, personally, here's some things that I really liked. I really liked the new character, Bugs. I think Bugs infused a lot of life. I think mm -hmm. she was the best new character introdu introduction outside of the first movie that's probably happened in the franchise. Yeah. Uh, I thought she was a really cool prism through which to see it. Mm -hmm. And a really cool metaphor for awakening, a new awakening in it. Um, and I thought she was really neat. Um, I also enjoy, enjoyed new Morpheus in general. Um, and chemistry, of course, between Neo and Trinity was red hot every time. Yeah. Really good. Boy, they picked up, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. there was nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like what they did is they went and got a sandwich together. And they're like, you want to make a movie Matrix? All right. And they were immediately in love on screen. And I loved that. It was so good. Ooh, and I also liked how the new, the new Matrix in it, the new Matrix that imprisons people, is a little bit more of a calibrated metaphor for the misery of yes. feeling trapped in life today. Yes. I thought that was interesting and fun. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was kind of excited for the concept of returning to 1999, and that would have been fun, too, if it was, like, still frozen in time in that year to make a film that, that did that. That would be neat. Um, but this was also very fun, too, so that's something I liked. Here's a couple things I didn't like. One is uh, something I really like is a thing that builds stakes in the original Matrix is that an extraction point is a ringing telephone because it's just there's rules that you understand about that game that you have to follow. Yeah. And there's such a tension between running to the world, getting to the telephone. You can hear it. You can see it. You can feel it. And there's just these races that you have to go to that were just such huge, dramatic moments. The mirror, mirrors are, first of all, everywhere. And it doesn't make sense how some mirrors work and some mirrors don't. I know that you can hack them, cannot hack yeah. them. Mm -hmm. But the extraction point things, just sometimes it just, they just pull the needle over the back of the head. You know, where we're, we're meant to believe that they're doing an extraction race where they have to run, 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 run. And then all of a sudden it's just kind of over. There's not the meaningful end to the extraction race in a way that we can feel and experience and see and run towards. and Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that was that was really really lacking. Um, 
another thing that uh, maybe just a personal bugaboo is I thought that the Sentinels looked a little cutesy in the real world. And I would have liked it if they looked a little grimy with the real world aesthetic. But I, I like how they projected themselves and had a, a, a digital construct and a physical construct. I thought that mm-hmm. was really neat. Mm-hmm. But I just would have liked it if they um, looked a little bit visually fidel with us to the grimy real world. Because even the people look so grimy. But then the aliens, or not the aliens, the sentinels look a little cutesy. Um, seemed a little, uh, you know, taking me out of it. Yeah. Uh, of it. So that's, uh, that's another thing. And then, of course, our biggest negative is exiles. Exiles, yes. Uh, I will agree with you. The biggest negative for me was Exiles. I think um, the other things that I didn't care so much about, um, there was a lot of screen time devoted to showing, uh, what is it, Ion? Yeah, Um, city. Yeah, the the new city, right? It's like the new Zion, essentially. Uh Um, Uh-huh. Yeah, it's to show their way of life and things like that. And, I didn't feel like that was well executed. Like, I didn't... I truly didn't care. Yeah, well, I cared. (laughs) I cared when Neo was in his Rapunzel Tower. That was all kind of fun and interesting. But outside of that, it was a lot of time where it's just like, okay, let's let's go, let's go, let's go. (laughs) Yeah. I love Animal Crossing. So it it matters to me, like, how... Like, even the very first game of D&D I played, um, you were supposed to, like, help these uh, people rebuild their village. And I was just like, oh my gosh, it's going to take years of work. I mean, like, we don't even need to do any more missions. We have our whole lives ahead of us to, you know, set up a stable economy again for these workers and stuff. And uh, and Mike Lane was my DM, and he was just like, yeah, that's not how you play this game. And I was like, what? What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I enjoy seeing uh, glimpses of how society rebuilds itself. Um, but I don't feel like they did it well enough. Uh-huh. Um, I did love the idea of, um, and, and I didn't initially like this, but the more I thought about it, I, I do like it, how the, uh, the program can come into the, the real world yeah. and kind of like, uh, there's like a, a symbionts between the two. I, I really liked that. Um, the other thing I really liked is that Neo is no longer the sole you know, savior, you know, it's him and his, his people. And why, why, why did the new matrix have to be calibrated to their minds? You know what I mean? I think it's because otherwise they would continually break out and disrupt systems. Right. Okay. So. Right. Because in the original canon, it's, um, every once in a while there's these. Yeah. Anomalies that are really good at, at kind of jailbreaking minds mm-hmm. from the Matrix and are very disruptive agents yeah. of it. And so the peace that he sort of brokers is uh, if he voluntarily goes with it. Mm-hmm. Is that it. Okay. So if he's kind of captured by the Matrix and it's more calibrated to his mind, and it's like, oh, yeah, capturing blood from you. That's mm-hmm. strange. Sorry, go ahead. And then Trinity's there to keep him in it, but it's calibrated to both their minds, so if they ever both awaken, they can totally control this new Matrix, which yeah. is what happens at the end. Yeah. Kind of built around them. I enjoyed Neil Patrick Harris, and I really enjoyed the new Agent Smith. Yeah, it was great. Re- it took a minute for me, but then once I got onto him, yeah. he, was, he was fine. He kind of felt authentic to Smith as being... A hundred percent, yeah. I did miss Hugo Weaving yeah, a lot. Like, the gravitas. Oh, man. 
He was, but you remember, like, at that time, Hugo Beeman was in everything. Yeah, for oh sure. Oh, my God. He was in everything. So I was pretty bummed that he wasn't in this one, but, you know, whatever. Okay, here's um, one thing I liked, too. I liked the clip show. <laughs> yeah, the clip show is great. What big studio movie has a clip show of itself? They never do that. <laughs> it was very fun, and I enjoyed it. Okay, one thing I, I kind of missed was a long extended wire fight like i'm talking like trinity on the motorcycle and reloaded or something like that because those things were like so intense and intricate in those those first few movies and this time we just had i think neo was more goku in this yeah i I did not mind the lore it it made so much sense that he was so defensive and you know that that he acted the way he acted yeah and it didn't need to be him to do the big intricate stuff but maybe like bugs do like a long or or like morpheus or something just like a long intricate crazy shot of something like that yeah would be would be really neat yeah i think that they uh they wasted screen time with the what were they called again the uh Exiles. Oh my fucking right! Yeah. That was so much time spent, and the combat was really unsatisfying, which was a significant amount of combat time. And combat time is so resource intensive. Yeah, and I think they spent a little bit too much time on the motorcycle, chase or you know chase at the end. Yeah, um, that was not as great. But I did like how he and Trinity worked as a perfect offensive defensive team this time. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like they should have done something a little bit. I don't think it should have been one of the new characters. I think it should have been one of those two. One of the originals. Yeah. But yeah, you know, that's fine. Sure. I also liked how it poked fun at, at itself too. Yeah. It was it was nice. It did not come in to say like, you better take this seriously. This is the fucking Matrix. Yeah. So, Yeah. Good film. I'd see it if I were you. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot of fun. And I enjoy having these actors uh, get to relive and re-experience and mm-hmm. reinterpret their work. Tobey Maguire, mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves, Carrie, can't remember her last name. Carrie? Uh, Trinity. Oh, I can't remember her last name either. Carrie. Uh, uh-huh. I thought you were talking about Carrie from Stephen King's novel, <laughs> Carrie, and I was like, are they doing that again? <laughs> Uh, yeah, they, they're all very good. Patrick Stewart and Picard. Okay, we're not talking about Picard. That's just, you know, these people yeah, will get yeah. that. Continue to have a conversation with the... I don't know if you've seen this or not. Uh, you're probably... This probably is not in any of your algorithms, but on HBO Max on January 1st, they're going to do a Hogwarts reunion with all of the main cast. Oh, yeah? And stuff, and they're going back to sets and stuff. So I'm actually pretty interested to watch that um, because I know that the main cast has like all of these like they've really separated themselves from uh jk rowling and they don't want to be a part of her you know anti-trans agenda and and things like that so it's interesting because i kind of thought like when all of that happened i was like oh man we'll never get them to commit to doing anything for harry potter because she's so involved with it but um the nice thing is that i think they've had a lot of (coughs) god bless you sorry um, I think they've had a lot of studio takeover about what they can and can produce without, you know, her permission or oversight. So, yeah. Good. Cool. I'm excited. I'm right excited on. to watch that. Uh, another thing. Oh, my God. So, I woke up at 1130 today. Yeah. Because I didn't go to sleep until 5 a.m. So hyped up that Matrix. <clears throat> I couldn't tell you what I was looking at on the <laughs> internet. I could not. Like, yeah. I, I'm sure that it was thrilling. But, um, anyways, I 
stayed up until 5.30. Then I woke up at, you know, 11.30. And I was going through my TikTok and Sister Wives, the TV show that I used to binge all the time, yep. came on. And, oh my gosh, I had I spent probably like an hour and a half watching recaps of Sister Wives, the new seasons and stuff. Oh, is anything happening of interest? It's I want to I want to watch it, but I don't know how to watch it because I don't I'm not going to pay to have another goddamn streaming service. Apparently, the new Mormon president, prophet, dude, whatever. Yeah. has been changing all kinds of things, like really trying to get his fingerprints on everything. But apparently church isn't three hours anymore. It's two on Sundays. Bitch, I was out after 45, and I was like, I'm not, oh, I'm done. church was not only three hours, but then you had an hour of home teaching that you either taught or listened to, and then you had, like, youth, and then you had seminary. Uh, if you weren't in, in Utah, you had seminary every day. If you were in Utah, you had, you know, pronounced every other day. Um, so when we go to Utah for Christmas and your mom invites us to church, she's asking us for a three-hour commitment? No. Oh, okay. You, you get the... The visitor, they don't want to, they want to pretend to, to do an all, you get like an hour sacrament reading, basically. Oof, an hour's too long. <laughs> but apparently it just, you know, yeah, things have, things have changed. Well, that's interesting. I know yeah. that uh, polygamy is no longer uh, something that Utah pursues. I don't, I'm not sure if it's decriminalized or something. Uh, but yeah, that the, now some of them are moving back to Utah. They're like, we've got to get out of Las Vegas. Like, okay, I'm so sorry, but I don't understand why they even went to Las Vegas. Mm. That place is a hole. <laughs> I don't understand. Uh. They felt like they were being persecuted for their uh, plural marriage beliefs. And then they went to Las Vegas. I was like, what? What Mormons and what fundamentalist Mormons are saying no Utah, yes, specifically Las Vegas, Nevada? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Uh, it makes sense to me. Why does it make sense to you? Tell me. Tell us. Tell tell those podcatters. Uh, Mormons who are in the ma- more mainstream LDS mm-hmm. faith are like very embarrassed by and anxious to to you know get rid of or otherwise um they don't want to be associated with flds uh-huh mm-hmm. and uh specifically the ones who are doing things that are uh, have been criminalized like um plural marriage. plural marriage or stuff like that would be very zealously prosecuted in places like utah where it's very em- embarrassing or no but why las vegas i mean las vegas or anywhere that's just adjacent to utah but isn't utah would, would probably they'd, they'd get better treatment well no i know that I understand that, but Las Vegas specifically is like a, a, a den of sin and debauchery. Oh, I see what you're it saying. It seems gorgeous. I would love it. <laughs> I don't understand why fundamentalist Mormons okay. with 24 fucking kids would go there. Okay. Yeah, I, I have no perspective that on That I don't get. I, I okay. Person would want to go All there. right. Well, you know, I got, I got a, I even called my grandma and I was like, what's your direct TV password? She's like, I don't remember. Uh, Try this. And so I tried several passwords. Couldn't we couldn't get it figured out. So I guess I'm just gonna guess. Okay. He seems terrible. Who does? The the main dad, the patriarch, his daughter had um surgery. She's like seventeen, eighteen years old, had surgery for scoliosis to take her from a forty or fifty five degree angle to a fifteen. Big back surgery. 
he could not go. Uh-huh. Or did not go. I shouldn't say could not because I don't quite understand. And they have all of these, like, COVID rules about, like, who can go to whom's house and stuff. And I'm like, isn't the whole point that you're one family? And so, like, we don't do that and we're one family, right? It's yeah. so weird. So, so anyways, it's just weird how they're not one bubble. Yeah, they're not one big bubble. They are separate bubbles. And it's yeah. so strange to me. I'm like, mm, okay. Mm. Well, you know, Cody is the worst fucking person I've ever seen. Is Cody this person? Yeah, Cody is the patriarch of the Sister Wives family. Uh, He's horrible. And, oh, so his fourth wife, Robin, um, he lays down these, like, lists of rules that everyone needs to abide by so that they can all spend time together, one of which includes wiping down mail with an alcohol wipe. I don't know when in the pandemic this is, but I know it's late enough to where they know that that doesn't matter. No, it should know. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just like making things. I want fried pickles. You want fried pickles? I want fried pickles. Well, we could find you something. Okay. Um, I have to go grocery shopping after this anyways. So anyways, you made me lose my train of thought now. I want fried pickles. Who doesn't? God. All right. Well, we'll see you later. We're going to go get fried pickles. Okay. Bye. Bye. Yeah.